Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. We're back in the green room. It's time to talk about movies that are related to the MCU. I was so excited this morning. So I, I, mer- I, I very quickly watched one of our movies for the green room. And then I was like, well, I have an hour of time. I can go downstairs and watch Succession. The third season of Succession premiered. I was so excited. And let me tell you, it was great. Uh, you should watch Succession. You ever get HBO Max. It is a phenomenal show. Uh, it's really funny. A lot of swearing, which made me turn down the volume because my aunt was at home. Uh, but, <laughs> but it was like, it was great. I, I It's really great. I've been off the TV a bit. And I also finally started catching up on Ted Lasso. And it's really funny mm. because the the uh, what's the word for it? The ideals of Ted Lasso and succession cannot be further from each other because Ted Lasso is all about like believing in yourself and the needs to repair. And succession is just a bunch of rich people back stabbing each other constantly. And it's really funny and it's terrible to be clear. Succession is a air quotes drama, but like. It's very funny too. I was laughing a lot during the premiere. It, uh, it Kendall's unhinged. A lot. It sounds a lot like another HBO drama about people backstabbing and trying to advance their position in life. Also known as the eight season hit drama Game of Thrones. Now available on Blu-ray and DVD. <laughs> I mean, I, I need to pick up the. Is there a Blu-ray Succession? I, I would. Want, I want that kind of. Um, I would say so. HBO is pretty decent about doing that. Yeah, but they're doing the big theirs. HBO Max push. I'm sure there is. I just oh, I should look yeah. into it. That and Barry are the best. I know Game of Thrones is good. I I thought you were gonna make a joke about Arrested Development because Arrested Development is basically a comedic version of Succession. Well, really flip it because Succession came out like ten years after Arrested Development. But yeah. That's but, super meta. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that I always, whenever people say that, I'm kind of like, but Succession is a very funny show. So it's kind of misleading to say that, like, it's the drama version of it because it's it's a very funny show. Who's, I'm trying to think of who's on Succession that you would know. Kieran Culkin is, uh, who is uh, Macaulay Culkin's younger brother. Uh, and uh, isn't Brian Cox is one of the leads. Who is a striker in X2? Yes, yes. Yeah. That's who I was That's thinking. That's for our Marvel yeah. podcast. That's for our Marvel podcast right there. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm trying to think of who else. Ken, I think Jeremy Strong will pop up one of these movies. Honestly, I think the whole cast of Succession, once it is over, it will pop up in a bunch of stuff. Oh, but you know who else is in it? Is Alan Ruck. Do you know who Alan Ruck is? Name sounds familiar. So in Ferris Bueller Days Off, which I'm sure you've seen, you better have seen. Yes. He's yes. Cameron. He's Cameron oh. in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. Yeah. And he's really good. He plays the he plays the brother that no one takes seriously on the show. So he's really funny. He 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 is one of the pure comic relief characters. He has not had any drama in the last two seasons. This is season three. So anyway, it's back. I'm excited. I've probably talked more about it. I've talked too much about it. We should probably get to the movies we're supposed to be talking well, about. Oh, you know what I'm really excited? Yeah, you know what I'm really excited for in like less than a month? Squid Game Season 2? Farming Simulator. Ugh! Season 2. 
out can you play on all platforms. Can you play as a squid? Um, not yet. But yep. I'm sure that if I could, I could make a mod for it. I'm sure there's like Splatoon fan art. It's probably like Hub. It's probably like Splatoon fan art of Farming Simulator. You know, maybe people like Splatoon. I've played like the Best Buy demo of it. Anyway, well, as I'm sure you oh, recognize those, by those our, the days, my infamous song that <laughs> has not been played in front of this podcast for a while. Uh, yeah, we're, that's back, true. <laughs> we're back in the green room uh, to talk about the movies we gave each other uh, last week. Was it last week? Yeah, it's it feels about like so now. long ago. Well, we watched yeah. Spider-Man in that time and talked oh, about it for three true. hours. Uh, no, yeah, no, actually, no, it has yeah. been two weeks. It has been about two weeks. Um, so we're going to start with the movie Tyler gave me, which was A Knight's Tale, directed by Brian Hedgeland, And I think it released in 2001. I think 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have a comment about its release date, but I'll get into that. Uh, do you want my thoughts on it first? Probably yeah. makes the best sense. I'm trying to. I, I want to open up my letterbox review because I didn't review it on letter. I'm not gonna just read my letterbox review. That, that'd be a waste of time for everyone here. But I do want to get like at my points on it, which is um, I think it's the type of studio movie that doesn't really get made anymore, and that includes on Netflix because nothing on Netflix mm-hmm. would be given this like type of. <laughs> I want to say not only the budget, but we, we've talked before about how all Netflix movies like have the same look, and this looks very tactile, very like shot on film, um. My I think the story is well done, even though I don't actually find jousting to be that great of like something to put on cinema. And I think yeah. I, I saw the last duel this weekend and it's kind of the same thing. There's a little jousting in it. And I was just kind of like, all right, let's let's move on. Like, I'm, I'm a little done here. Let's just move on. Um, but the thing is, the movie itself is very fun. Otherwise, with a good ensemble, um, I I'll get into I, I, I want to talk about my main issue with it first. Which is that you what other big uh, so this movie has its reputation. I'm sure you're aware of this, especially when you like you gave it to me. The reputation mm-hmm. of a Knight's Tale critically, uh, or at least I don't want to say critically, like historically, because at the time a Knight's Tale got mixed reviews. Nowadays it's kind of like a cult classic. Most reviewers, like film critics, will say, No, this was a good movie. Now, you know, like time has gone. It's kind of like The Mummy. The Mummy had really bad reviews when it first came out. Now everyone kind of recognizes it as like, No, it's a modern, like, blockbuster classic. It it aged, it aged well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but people always talk about this movie at the, and it was a big thing at the time too about the anachronisms of the music, uh, about how the music is like modern day, which is kind of funny because this came out around the same time as Shrek and like no one really cared. Shrek's a cartoon, so no one really cared there. But, yeah, my fig issue is not with the anachronic. I don't. Th- I think it should be more anachronistic. And the reason I say mm-hmm. this, do you know what other big movie came out in two thousand one that uses anachronistic music? It's Moulin Rouge, which is like if you oh, see with with uh, Ewan, Ewan McGregor. Have you ever seen one, like yeah. any clips of it? I don't. I, I'm sure you haven't seen the movie, but have you seen any clips of it? I I haven't. No, that movie is directed insanely. Like it cuts all over the place. There's like, I, I think constantly it really haunts me is that in the first <laughs> 10 minutes of the movie, Jim Broadbent's introduction is like he screams at the camera and like he keeps zooming in and out on his face. And eventually his face is imposed over a bunch of like girls doing a 
like a kick line. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and, and he has like this ridiculous, like it is ridiculous. It is a great movie though. And like, I wanted that here, you know, I feel like mm. it's mostly shot very plainly, uh, which I guess kind of like, I get that they want to feel kind of like Rocky or like a sports, like a modern day sports thing. But the thing is to me is like, I ever go all the way with the music and because all closest it gets is when like Heath Ledger's like singing in the streets, like a song to himself. That's like an actual pop song. But like, mm-hmm. I would rather them go all the way with this crazy directing and really give this movie more of its own identity. And I think that would make the jousting more exciting too. Gotcha. Um, rather than kind of direct it plainly and just have the music be cool. Cause I think that that's my main thing. Like that's holding back, but I still thought it was a really good movie. Like I gave it a three point five out of five. Uh, acting wise, this is the first movie I saw that Heath Ledger's in, besides The Dark Knight, which is kind of crazy in and of itself. I should definitely. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. I, I'm planning on watching yeah. Brokeback Mountain by the end of the month. Or by the end of the month, I mean by the end of November. Then so not this there's month. Uh, <laughs> there's the uh, it's the Shakespeare uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. I'm gonna get there's around to that at that some point. One. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I need to watch some of Heath Ledger's stuff obviously um but i thought he was really charming here and he actually I, this this will sound like an insult to him but i promise it isn't he reminded me a bit like well it's i'm gonna add something to it he, he kind of was chris hemsworthy to me but like with more that's, of a natural that's what charm has said yeah like his voice Felicia is very said. chris hemsworth yeah. but i think he has more of a like playfulness than hemsworth does because mm. hemsworth is always kind of like he plays kind of the the Dumbo, right? Like he plays an idiot usually. Most of all, Thor. That's usually like how the jokes go. That's how you play him. This guy, he's smart. He's just like a, he likes to put on this act. Um, but anyway, I thought Heath Ledger was very good. I thought the actor who played the father was excellent. I I don't have mm-hmm. him in front of me, but the the father is not in the movie a lot, but he's really good and really emotional. Uh, and I liked James Purefoy's role and Jute Rivasu. Like. They're all good, but the reason you gave it to me, I think, and I think it's a fair reason, and this is actually, I'm going to go back to my point, is I think the only thing besides the music that gets close to the directing I want from this is Paul Bettany's performance. Yes. Because it is yes. 100% like, you know, it's it's Chaucer, but it's really like a WWE announcer. <laughs> like, that yeah. is what the performance is. And it's it's fun. It's entertaining. Uh, It's just like, it's a good time. Like, I legitimately very much enjoy it uh yeah i don't really know what else to say like it's you call it ham but i actually don't really think it's ham in a sense like it's a very big performance but it's what the role deserves and also yes, really like yeah. paul benny's voice has I, not changed at all in 20 years which is like, no no <laughs> and i i love how uh to alan tudyk matches yeah. bettany like Bettany's like, hey, I'm you know I'm going the whole way with this character, and then Tudyk's like, all right, I'll I think Alex Tudyk being in here is very funny because I think isn't he? I, I think he's the only American actor in the main cast. And I'm very confused why they cast him. Uh, like why? Why was like? Yeah, I think he must be a friend of the director because I uh, the only ever movie this directed by this director I've seen is Forty Two, and he's in that too. So, but I think I think you're I think you're you are right. Um. I'm looking for. He really does look yeah, like. Yeah, because Led- Ledger is Australian. And, oh, do you, you know, know what this director made? What? I've, <sighs> I know I've seen the name. It's a movie you've covered in the green room. 
Here's a hint. Was it Macbeth? No. No, it wasn't no, Macbeth. Macbeth would be... No, Macbeth would... It's a movie uh, you really hate it. <laughs> and it stars front of the podcast Tom Hardy. <laughs> oh, legend. Yeah, he directed yeah. Legend. Yeah. Oh. He also has two... Oh. He has a movie called Paycheck and then the sequel, Paycheck colon Straight Up. Both of them have Mel Gibson. <laughs> mm, gross. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. No, oh, this the the this plot one, of Paycheck uh, Straight Up is. Can I just say the plot of Paycheck Straight Up is Porter is shot by his wife. Oh, you know what? Payback Straight Up is the director's cut. Never mind. I thought it was a sequel. Um, never mind. This isn't as funny anymore. Go on. What were you gonna say about this movie that we're actually talking about? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I did. I did want to say uh, the father, John Thatcher, is played by Christopher Casanova. I don't know. He's really what good. his what his acting credits are, but yeah, he is for the time that he is in this film, he is. Uh, he's, I remember, he's very memorable. I remember when I watched, I looked up his wiki page, and like, I was like, "Huh, this guy." And it's like a bunch. Of, it's a lot of British TV, so obviously I'm not as familiar with that. But I was surprised I didn't know a lot of his stuff. But no, I thought it was yep. a good movie. It was enjoyable. I thought, I think the romance is very good for the time. It does mm-hmm. feel a very uh. If it came out today, I'd be like, "This is just very like, this this is gonna sound." I want to explain after. Please don't cut me off immediately when I say it. Feels in a sense very performative feminist to me, uh. Which at the time, like, yeah, it's fine in two thousand one, but today, if I was in the movie, it's just like, you're telling me this movie is feminist, but it's still like this woman really can't do much to like change her position in life. I was more interested in like the what's it the um blacksmith in terms of like how it's trying to deal with gender roles in the medieval times you know what i mean yeah that's really yeah. it like she's fine like i like the actress i'm surprised i haven't seen her in anything else uh mm-hmm. but i liked her uh but as i said i also really like james Purf- purefoy in this who isn't in it a lot but he has a lot of presence when he does pop up um, yes yes he's he's uh well i, I mentioned this to you he's in uh the first season of uh, Altered Carbon. He's and like he's, one of those actors. He's fantastic. He pops up in a lot of stuff. I'm opening up his letter. But oh, I just saw him. Res- For some reason, I thought he was in Dunkirk, but he's not in Dunkirk. He He's like a working character actor. He pops up in a lot of stuff. Um, But yeah. Oh, he's in a lot of Resident Evil movies. Oh, yeah. He's in uh, Rome. Have you have you? I need to watch it? Rome. It, it was I've, I've yeah, heard of Rome. because it is it. it's very very close. Um, and I did not realize it until I watched it. Um, it when I watched it, it was on Amazon Prime. Um, it's on HBO Max now because it's an HBO. Oh, show. is it? Yeah, it's an uh, HBO show. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I uh, watched it actually my first uh, semester down at SIU. Oh, cool. um, is when I was watching it and it's very close to uh, like Shakespeare's um, Julius Caesar and uh, Antony and Cleopatra. I, I um, know a lot of people always list it like among like great HBO shows of that time that aren't The Wire or The Sopranos, you know? Yeah. Or Oz. Yeah. People are always like, you've got to check out Rome if you want to check out one that's not those three. In fact, I know yeah. some people who say check out Rome over um those other ones because it's shorter you know because yeah like, yeah two yeah. two seasons and it's honest it's this from what i remember the story the story didn't leave did me wanting show. the story closed up uh who just did fine. that 
I'm looking up who did that show because I remember pretty sure whoever it was like went on to do a like a bigger show like you know like a lot of the, that happens a lot of the time where like the the showrunner like isn't big at the time and then he does something else. Who are these people? John Malay. The- oh, John Malay's uh, William McDonald and Bruno Heller. Oh, Bruno Heller made Gotham. <laughs> a little bit of a downgrade, uh, but okay. <laughs> uh but yeah i don't know huh kevin mckid yeah kevin mckid is in it he's um i wanted to say he was on the pacific but i'm thinking of a different i see actor. a Lindsay duncan who plays tc14 in star wars phantom menace <laughs> don't ask me how i oh, know it's that actress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also this, this uh, t- what character that this character that has like 14 seconds like on screen. Uh, uh, yeah. Tobias Menzies is also one who just won the Emmy for supporting actor, even though that annoyed me because it took it from Michael Kenneth Williams. But yeah, this is a good cast of a lot of good character act. I should really check out Rome at some point just because it's so short, also, you know. Ray Stevenson. Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah, Ray Stevenson. He's he's great. Yeah, I should check this oh, out. Oh, uh, it's got a Nope, that's not who I'm thinking it is. Siren Never mind. Hines. Siren Hines is the ever big name in here because he's in a uh, Justice League. So, oh, yeah, he's Steppenwolf. I don't blame you for not recognizing him. Um, I always get that villain's name wrong. The other day I called him Mozart. I know that it's a musician <laughs> or a band. And Metallica. You know, Metallica. When Godsmack come, <laughs> enters enters the scene, yeah. You know, that's funny. Uh, I just said Metallica. I just realized that Metallo is a Superman villain. <laughs> Not Metallica. Well, Metallo, yeah. It'd be, um, it'd be close close enough. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think my my favorite Back to the Night's Tale. I yeah, think yeah, we should my, probably go back to it. <laughs> I love it. I love the the intro, the intro to this film um, with I you know the anachronism of using uh queens we will we will rock you and it's just it's just got this uh i believe i watched a behind the scenes with this and they talked about uh they were going with they said that the knights of their time they were the rock stars yeah. of that time and so that's the feel that they were going with and you can definitely get that feel from the opening title uh, the opening scene and you get that with uh when they're playing uh uh the boys are back in town and the, i think it's when they enter london when yeah. they got the parade the parade going on yeah there was a a quote i really liked on wiki from the roger ebert review uh okay uh the anachronisms made little difference to him because the writer director himself pointed out that an orchestral score would have been equally anachronistic because orchestras were not around in the 1400s and i'm like yeah that that checks out like that makes sense yeah yeah i mean it was literally like what we saw with their trumpets which didn't have any keys on them they were just horns not even trumpets um oh this is the uh so this was involved in the david manning scandal that's kind of interesting I didn't realize that. Rut row. Do you know what the David Manning scandal scandal is? It's it's one of the more interesting scandals that's happened in Hollywood. Like, I don't want to say in history, but it's a pretty pretty fun one. Uh, Sony had uh, a marketing executive 
Well, this is probably I don't I don't want to say it came from way up. It probably was a marketing idea, but a marketing executive um, wrote good reviews for Sony movies and submitted them into uh, general publications. Mm. Uh, oh, excuse me. Never mind. No, no, no. Okay, so they were putting the trailers for movies. Okay, so it'd be like David Manning says the quote is. They use for Night's Tales, Heath Ledger's this year's hottest new star, David Manning, the Ridgefields Press. Uh, so Newsweek investigated the Ridgefield Press and discovered that the newspaper had never heard of a David Manning. <laughs> and this uh, Sony had to eventually make an out-of-court settlement that allowed $5 to be sent to any dissatisfied customer who saw... Hollow Man, The Animal, The Patriot, A Knight's Tale, or Vertical Limit because of the reviews. So they're like, yeah, okay, because they got like they got in trouble for doing this because it's illegal, obviously. It's false advertising. You can't fake a reviewer. So yeah, yeah. if you saw this movie in theaters in the 2000s, 2001, you could have sued. You know? Oh, the, the, you got the millions, that, the millions that I missed out on. Yeah. Yep. That I didn't see these in theaters. I was, this movie came out, I think I was like oh. seven or eight. So, yeah, this came out a year before Spider-Man. Is, yeah, so. Can I, yeah, wait, one, I, one last crazy thing about the scandal. Sorry, this is, it's, we're never going to talk about the scandal again unless you give me one of those other three movies. Uh, right. But apparently, so the news story broke on June well, 2nd, I, 2000. I know, I'm, I know I will not give you the animal. So, because I do not, <laughs> I do not want to talk about that one. <laughs> so on June 2nd, 2001 is when the news story broke for Newsweek. Um, which I assume was, when did this come out? I think this was a May movie, right? It seems like a May movie. Yeah, May 11th. So the story broke on June 2nd, 2001. But then on June 10th, on a public public radio show... They had David Manning go on like the air, like air quotes, like on the air and give an interview mm-hmm. saying he was real. But they used a voice synthesizer. So why would why did they double down on this? <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, that Night's Tale. Just oh, interesting Sony. scandal. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, thought this was a really good. Oh, and the production design was great. The costuming was great. You know. Mm hmm. Uh, I, I, I was telling Felicia this, I said, you know, I, I give this, I give it, I give it a five out of five. Um, I think a lot of it's nostalgia, but also I think the writing's pretty solid. The acting is, the acting is on par. Um, I could see if I watched this when I was like younger, I would definitely really like it. And I yeah. also think it's just one of those things where, you know, you and I, we're, we're inherently into different genres. This is very much a Tyler movie. When I mean that in yeah. the best sense, like, like, I totally get why you like it, too. Like, it is a good movie. It's just like, I think a, I think me giving it 3.5 out of 5 is a good grade. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's me enjoying it. I wish it was a bit crazier, but I also think it was a little crazier. Probably wouldn't have been as well remembered. So. Yeah. And definitely, like, I think. I think it's about as crazy as uh, no, I don't want to say as crazy as you say, can get for its time. I'm gonna give you, time, if you say that, I'll but, have to give you Moulin Rouge next time, and you'll, you'll yeah, have a right. time with that one. <laughs> but uh, but I think it, I think it definitely, it it has fun. It has fun with 
you know, with what they're doing. And and that's something I told Felicia while we were, we were watching it is that from the very first scene, it just seems like these the these actors are just having they're they're having fun the whole time, you know, that they're acting and even in the serious moments uh, that is out that their passion it, their passion for their art is visible and that's something that also relays really well with with uh the audience or at least at least me um uh that it that I have even more fun with it with it too but uh but yeah no I'm I'm glad glad you liked it I was I was wanting this to be the film that I gave you after we watched WandaVision because of Paul, Paul Bettany. Yeah. But it but uh it was well, like at least a it came week. back to Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, thank goodness. Because a week a week after um or a week before WandaVision closed, I think is when they took it took it off. It was very it was during WandaVision, I think, is when they took it off. Cause then I was like, oh well now I can't give that to you. Um, yeah. and then thank goodness. And then I was going to give you a different movie and then that was taken off of, uh, Hulu and thank goodness this one was put back on, uh, Netflix. So, yeah. So yeah, it all works out. Yeah, um, now you can be the next one next time. All right. Yeah. Uh, Oh, this, the, uh, yeah, you can say one the, last thing if you want. Yeah, go ahead. The Patriot, the Patriot. That's something else that Heath Ledger's in, but that that's also, a well, the Patriot thing. also something that David Manning went after. So, ah. <laughs> I don't know what his quote was. Maybe he was like, "I'm never moving with the year's hottest new star." <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah. Geez. Anyway, so let's talk about the Big Sick, which I gave you. What did you think of the Big Sick? Yeah, I I really liked it, um, and I I thought that I want to want to talk about about the acting is that I don't think there was one, like sometimes there are characters that come along and they just pull me, they'll pull me out of a movie. And, uh, especially if they're, if they, if they are channeling their acting, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just like, if they're phoning it in, I'm like, okay, yeah, I know that you're acting. I could tell it. I don't think I noticed that with any, anyone, anyone in this film. Um, there, there is think, a moment. I do in, think the, the Bo Burnham tale. and the eighty Bryant yeah. uh, roles in this, but it's not really their fault. It's just that like they're very famous for the type of role they're playing, and I don't yeah. think they were very famous. At, like I didn't really know who Bo Burnham was in 2017 personally. Like he hadn't really hit the mainstream yet, and mm-hmm. eighty Bryant, you know, it's on SNL, so it's like those two kind of stick out to me. But it's not like those aren't really pivotal roles, you know. So it's like, eh, right. right, you know, yeah. Uh, but go yeah. on. What were you gonna say about Knight's Tale? Oh, Quick. I was I was gonna say Knight's Tale, um, and the, this is like the one thing that I have to pick that I have to pick with the Knight's Tale was uh, right before William is arrested. Uh, this this page, I guess, comes up to he walks up to William and uh, he says like you are to you're to surrender all of your stuff and then. Uh, William says, I'm here to compete. And then he says, you are here to be arrested. And it is, it is such a, an early two thousands polygon character line. That (laughs) is what you get like with a, with a drone fight right before the final boss. 
And I was just I was like, I was like, this is the one line. And I, I didn't remember it. That's that is one thing for the film is I don't I didn't remember it happening until you see William walking onto onto the the field. And then I'm like, oh, into the arena. And I'm like, yep, this is that spot with that with that one cringy one cringe line. Um, I think but what's yeah, interesting no. about the big sick is it's kind of like mm-hmm. to me the big sick has so many like because I rewatched it today and it's like there are a yeah. lot of very memorable minor characters in it like mm-hmm. I, well you were talking about that I was like but the Burger King guy in this movie is like very like he's not in the movie at yes. much at all but he's very like he has he makes most of his time uh, I also think about the nurse uh, uh, Emily's nurse is very memorable and she doesn't really do much either to me the one that the one that tells Camille about like how dangerous it would be to move. Yes. To move in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I also think, and this is what I wanted to mention is that me and Julius have a running joke from this movie. Whenever we talk about stand up comedians, we go, you know, when we don't like a guy, we're like, he's like that. People say Sam guy. <laughs> people say Sam. <laughs> Cause the, I, we love the people say Sam joke in this movie. Cause yeah. if, if you ever been in the stand up area, there's always a guy like that. And then it gets that great punchline of, his sister-in-law going like, the people say Sam guys should be on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, what yeah. were you going to say I, about the movie, I, though? <laughs> the movie, uh, Ray, Ray Romano and, oh, uh, what's... Holly Hunter. It's Holly Hunter. Yes, Holly Hunter. Yes. Holly Hunter they should have been fan- nominated for this movie. They are fantastic in this film. Um, uh, Ray Romano is good too. Do what? No, I just want to say Ray Romano is great too. I was just like, though, Holly Hunter should have been Oscar nominated for this. Her last scene with Kumal only like breaks my heart every time. She only has like two lines in it, but she delivers them beautifully. And with like, she's so good in this movie. Everyone is, but like, she to me is like, should have been the Oscar nom acting wise from this movie. Although I also do like Ray Romano actually like getting to do something, you know. Did I say I did say Camille? Yeah, that's my bad. Kamal, yeah. Tyler, get it together. It's okay. Characters in the movie mispronounce it, so I noticed. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, but yeah. Um, and I thought, yeah, I liked the the romance was organic. I mean, it's it's also based off of. A true story off yeah, it's, of it's wife. Kamal's, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, and but like the, I enjoyed, I, I the whole the whole film honestly, I like I lost track of time. Like there are films where it's like okay, uh, obviously the Tomorrow War, it, you know, thirty <laughs> minutes in, and I'm like I'm like it's been like an hour, and then I'm like oh it's only been thirty minutes, but this film like I just started watching just turned it on and I was drawn in immediately. And it also like the way that it starts out, you think that it's going to be something like the office. Um, and, and I was like, Oh, it's that kind of, I was like, it's that kind of film. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open-minded when I, you know, when I start a movie, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, present, you know, present, uh, your art to me. And, uh, so it started off and I was like, OK, this is what it's going to be. It's like we're following Kamal and a group of other uh, 
other uh, comedians, comedians, you know, Bo, yeah. Bo Burnham. Yeah, Bo Burnham, A.D. Bryant. Yeah. So his the, roommate, you know, we're following, really funny. His uh, roommate's Kurt great. Bronneler, I think is how you say his last name. I have uh, no yeah, idea. So, like, He's really funny in this. And I've never so, seen him before, and I haven't seen him since then. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it, I thought we were going to follow them around. And then, uh, you know, it switches more towards more towards uh, almost like third, not third person. But, you know, it's it's a lot more that the perspective seems to seems to change on it. It's like we walk in on a uh, conversation, you know, like we just took a step into these people's lives and we're. Yeah here for for the journey along very much like short term 12 how it's not like we had some big inciting incident to uh to get us to be drawn to these to these characters um yeah uh and i thought that the uh the family like the family interactions and Whole families? I, I, I Are you talking about like Kamal's family? Or like, like, yeah, yeah, Kamal's family. That okay. I thought, uh, I thought they they. It was really. I I appreciated being you know like bring, him bringing his uh, culture you know into they're also into like the Pakistani culture into that and I think all like the mom, these are the, the dad, norms in this culture the yeah. mom the dad and the brother are all giving great performances too like they're yes. all very like very although the brother's more comedic than anyone but I think both the dad and the mom really sell those dramatic scenes that they get um, yeah especially in the third act um there's I, I, there's it's just it's a really good movie <laughs> go on do you have yeah, anything else is. you want I, I have two questions I want to posit to you before it's done uh, before like we're done talking about it but i want you to finish up what you're saying first like your general thoughts on it um let me think i think i think there was like it's hard for me to say like what my favorite scene what my favorite scene is in in this one cuz there are a ton of like memorable moments you know that i'm like i really yeah that I really enjoyed. Um, I don't know. Like this was, it's just a, it's a, it, I did 4.5 out of five. That's what I give it to. It's yeah. 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 Um, yep. Right up there with, uh, just 0.5 above venom. Let there be carnage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on, the, right. on the Tyler scale of films. Um, so <laughs> I want to ask two questions of you. First one is they're separate questions. Very separate questions. Uh-huh. Um, do you consider this movie to be a rom-com? Because no. Okay, good. I don't either. Um, I know at the time people were talking like it's like a rom-com, but he has to date the parents in the second act. I'm like, eh. I think that's kind of doing a disservice to her character to call this a rom-com. Because uh, one of the best parts of the movie to me is like you think the movie's going to be done when she wakes up, but there's another 25 minutes of it where she's like, I wasn't around during that, so why would I be into you now? You know, I, yeah. And I, I love that too, that like, we didn't get this Nicholas Sparks. Yeah. Moment. Like where she is she her own. Wakes up she has her own agency. She, yeah. In the movie. Yes. I, and I, I love that. And also I love that, uh, so being someone who has recovered from a traumatic brain injury, um, and like you have no, you have no filter, and I remember for several uh, several months after I 
gotten a bad car accident um, with black ice um, back in high school. And uh, for several months after, after my surgery um, and I was back, you know, back home, I was, I would fire off at people just, you know, like, yeah, they would say something and I was unfiltered and, you know, very much like how Zoe's just, Zoe, uh, that's the act actor, uh, Emily, Emily, uh, Emily yeah. is, is very, she's just unfiltered. Like, why are you here? Get them out. Um, and like, like, yeah. And I, yeah, I love that they, they paid attention to the, to the, to the medical side of this and, you know, to the science of, yeah of this here. Well, and, I believe it's what uh, his wife actually yeah. has. Like that's everything they said. Like, cause that it's the true story of how they met. And like, granted, they didn't break up before. They just thought like, that would make the story better, which is true. It doesn't make it a better movie. Um, but that I yeah. believe is exactly what Emily Gordon does have in real life. The disease that they okay. she has. Yeah. The, actually, I well, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic because I followed I followed Kima on Twitter since this movie came out because this is such a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I remember when the pandemic began, he he was really like getting endured with everything. He's like, you, everyone in the world should know that my like, of course, he didn't actually say like he was like, everyone knows my wife isn't you know compromised. Why wouldn't I be taking? Why isn't everyone else taking this seriously? You know, like yeah. So, but yeah. Um, anyway, my other question for you, and this is one that I think might actually cause debate, is I'm trying to think of a way to word this. Um, do you think Kumal? It, as the character, not obviously in real life, do you think the character of Kumal in this movie is an asshole? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, cause, uh, cause that, well, no, no, cause this is the discussion me and Julius have, cause I think he actually is. I think he 100% mm. is an asshole for most of the movie until like, even after she wakes up. Um, uh, I think he definitely learns and then he regresses a bit when he tries to initially reconnect. And it's only when he actually goes and makes the changes to his life and gets his life in order afterwards does he start to become a somewhat better person. I think the movie's like, I think by the end of the movie, like it's implied that he has like got it together. But I think like because mm-hmm. he is a liar, like he definitely does lie. To, because one thing that really sticks out to me is like during their breakup scene is uh, when he's like, "You have no idea what this is like fighting against the culture," and it's like I don't remember like what she's dealing with. She's she's like. He's like, you hid your divorce from me. And he's like, they really aren't the same thing at all because the divorce isn't going to come back. Whereas his parents disapproving of her marriage of that, not their marriage, but, you know, like they're being a couple of their relationship, of their relationship definitely will. And he's I think Kumal is very like the character is very self-centered in this at a lot of points. I Um, think I think he's definitely uh, uh, self-centered before the second like for the first half of the film he's definitely self-centered i don't i wouldn't go as far as to say that he um is an asshole um because because i like i i can i can get it like with the uh with the pressure that he had from from his parents and you know he talks about the pressure of his culture of like this is a cultural norm that has been passed down for did did he say fourteen hundred years? Um, I don't remember, but it's I, definitely, I just, I, like it doesn't it's really definitely matter, like, yeah go yeah on. yeah. Um, so so yeah, it's like I can definitely understand that he's this is what he's always grown up around, and this these are the expectations that have been set for him. And 
I'm sure at some point in his life when he was younger, he expected this is how my life is going to play out because this is how it's always played out. And then uh, it's he becomes more and more um, he I don't want to say he folds more and more into the American, the Western style of life because I don't I don't like. How well, we don't sounds. see that part of the story, you know, like, also we. Right. Right. We like, yeah, we really don't. We, we don't see movie, that part of the he's story already there. But I I can definitely. Yeah, exactly. So I can I uh, at some point in his life, you know, he he started thinking more independently and uh, started questioning everything that, you know, he had been told this is how your life is going to play out. Um, and, uh, and like, I, I think the big, me- one of the big messages, cause I think this film has multiple messages. One of the big messages of this film is that your fam, your family never, never changes. Like your blood never yeah. changes, you know, and the importance of, uh, it, you know, uh, importance of what, does love really mean what you know and i think like everybody it's not just something that kamal goes through um it's something that uh both uh terry the parents uh emily's parents terry and beth they both are going through because we find out you know some uh a mistake that terry committed in the past you know between him and beth and uh and so they're they're constantly working it out. Like relationships are an ever changing, uh, they're an ever changing product of that you have to work on. You know? Um, yeah. And, yeah. I get that. And yeah. I, I think I think this 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 film does an excellent job at highlighting the importance of relationships and the complexity of them. And I I yeah. I sure I really like it. it's it's good it's well, a good uh microscope on the human on the human condition it yeah yeah well okay yes I agree with all that but I want to get back to him being an asshole for a quick second can I can I, can I <laughs> yeah my, my other thing though is is like if he's this is gonna sound so detrimental if he's not an asshole he's a coward uh because um because the thing that really puts it in perspective to me is to see where he takes the girl back home that his parents are trying to arrange a marriage with. And he just goes and like, she's like, like, why didn't you just tell me that you weren't into this? You know, like, cause it's, he's not, she's not saying, tell your parents that you're not into this. She's just saying, why are you leading me on? Which is a very true response to have. And he doesn't really have an answer for her. It's just cause he's afraid. And the other thing that really stands out to me and why, and why I call him an asshole to be clear is at the end of the movie, not the very end. This was where I say, it, because it's not when they come back together at all. And I think the way Zoe Kazan is acting it is like a little like she doesn't really like it either in the moment. Is when he comes to her party and brings all these grand tokens of like appreciation. And it's she's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, I still don't think this is going to work. Like, you know what I mean? Like that to me is like he's going there. And he's like, this is what I did when you were sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And. I think it's only when he decides to move on and be without her for a bit. Cause I think he's also very dependent on her. That's when like at the end of the movie, we are like, Oh, well now maybe they can get together and they can try again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it, it all goes back to 
a line that Emily says um, after she sees Kamal's uh, one man show. And that is, I, I wanted to get to know you more, Yeah, you know, and instead of what are the things that you can do for me, you know, rather than this be like something like a, a trade, you know, like a business trading relationship, yeah. you know, I want this to be something more than just uh, a transactory relationship. And, you know, where she's, she's like, you know, let's get down to who are you as a person? And because I, I want to know if I want to invest my time and invest myself and, you know, like if I actually think it's really cool. You brought up that yeah. line because you just made me think of, because that line's true, but it's it's true in a sense that's not really for that scene. Because she's talking about like his play where he's like being very boring and not being funny. I think in a way it's more about like his he puts up this comedic persona to protect himself from like family judgment and from her judgment. It's like, oh, we have a two day rule, so we can't see each other every two days, which is just like an excuse for him to like be goofy and not have to see her. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, he's protecting himself with this comedic persona that he's putting up. And then even like at that scene at the end where she, he's like, here's all this stuff, you know, uh, that he's still playing his goofy Kumal self. And that's also why it's great when he walks in and she's like, you're not funny and I don't like you because he does. He can't joke back to that, you know, because mm-hmm. that's always how he wins someone over is like he jokes with them. Um, what? But yeah, it, it's a it's an inter- I think that's the thing to me is like you say. Not, well, I'm not saying you say that. It makes it sound like I'm attacking it because I think what you're saying is right. Um, but I viewed the movie, and this comes after many. Like this is my third time, third or fourth time I've watched it. I think it's definitely mm-hmm. an interesting character study, and I do think Kumal as a character is different than Kumal the human being. Definitely, hundred percent. Um, because human beings aren't really interesting for movies. If that makes like. They don't have, they yeah, don't have easily yeah. defined arcs like this movie does. Right, which right. is fine. Like, I didn't go to this movie expecting for a biopic of Kumal's life. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, you you kind of get it with his one man show where he, <laughs> where he's he's like, this is a picture of me when I was seven years old. Uh-huh. I like how there's like really only one joke in the original version, and it's that yeah. his roommate is the serpent. That is pretty much the only joke in it. Yes. <laughs> is that is, but yeah. No, I'm glad you liked it. It's it's a it's a favorite yeah. of mine. It was one of my favorites that year that came out, 2017. Um, and it's also what really put Kumal on the map for me. Even though I know he has mm. a, uh, he had an HBO show at the time, but the fact that yeah. he wrote this with his wife and then starred in it too. And I think it's really hard to play yourself and be emotionally vulnerable like he is here. Yeah. So like, so good. I'm glad you liked it. So yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, and one thing on a big on a bigger scale, I guess. Uh, Amazon originals, they're Amazon's pretty pretty decent at what they're doing the, with their originals. I think yeah. the thing that's important to note that's different about Amazon originals than any especially netflix or any other originals i can think of is i saw the big sick at a multiplex twice they give their movies mm. like actual like runs and then they put them on amazon and i own a blu-ray gotcha like all their movies go on blu-ray too like i own a blu-ray of the big sick so yeah. like that's why i like amazon it's like yeah they're they're pretty cool 
Yeah. Um, now, now I, I will say, I will still attack the Tomorrow War. I'm not. That's I'm a not Paramount movie. That is one of the good ones. Yeah. It's a, it's a Paramount, Paramount movie that, movie that Jeff they Pezos bought. bought. So yeah. Yeah. Jeff Pezos was like, "This is my thing." Uh, but yeah. Um. All right. I I think we're good. I think we've we've talked for about twenty minutes on both the movies. I think um, so. Yeah. Yeah. So this was the green room. Next time we're in here, we'll probably talk about No Time to Die in Dune. So we'll see when that happens, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler but, needs to get the time to go to the movies. So. No time to no time to pee. It's three I'll, hours long. I will <laughs> I will just I will just see No Time to Die in Dune. No time to Dune. Just all in the same day. <laughs> that's six hours of the theater. <laughs> that's gonna be six hours at the movie theater. Yep. <laughs> Well, I've done that before, though. So, but I, it's uh, you it's, did it with, didn't you? You did that with the Lord of the Rings. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I did. I was. Yeah, that. I did this weekend with a. I went to the Chicago Film Festival with Julius. I he only saw mm. one movie though. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I saw a three hour movie and then an hour and a half one. But I stuck around the theater area in between the movies. So, but yeah, gotcha. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so thanks for coming to the green room. Uh. We, you know where to find us. We're not going to do the full sign off. I've decided that right now, Tyler. Sorry. But we okay. will thank Zach Gurewright for editing this episode. Thanks, Zach. Yes. Thank you, Zach. All right. Bye. Yep. Catch Bye. you in the next one. Bye.